Well, I am grateful for Pat and Joyce Heffernan. If you have not met Pat and Joyce, you need to. Uh, they have been coming to All Saints for a couple of years now, um, and we're gonna, privileged and blessed to hear from Joyce this morning. Uh, Joyce is a Lutheran minister who served in Florida before they retired, and they considered all the places that they might retire, and they chose the river, Tennessee River. They live near Parsons, and thankfully, they found All Saints a few years ago and have been visiting since. It's great to have them a part of our community. I know Joyce fills in for pulpits uh, some uh, in t- with just the p- uh, people that she knows around here. So, Joyce, if you'd come, I want to pray for you, uh, and uh, uh, thank you for sharing with us what God has placed on your heart. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit into our hearts through the preaching of your word. Bless Joyce as she shares with us that we might be more deeply united with you. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I'm glad to be here with you today and to tell you what's been on my heart and what I think is happening in our world, because we all have an opinion, don't we, about what's happening in our world? In the morning, I often begin my devotion with the thought, I was glad when they said to me, let us go on to the house of the Lord. And I particularly like to say that on Sunday when I know I'm gathering with you, because I feel like, oh, we're going to be together in the house of the Lord. And I've been thinking some about how it is that we give thanks and what thanksgiving might really mean to the world and then to us. And it's come to me that thanksgiving is really an art. We must practice an art to become good at it. We have to know a little bit about it. We have to have a certain amount of skill. We have to have a certain amount of materials. And my friends, the Lord provides all of that for us so that at any moment we can, in fact, practice the art of thanksgiving. We are artful people, after all, because we react with our imaginations to things that we see. Something beautiful, something precious, something interesting. I love to play a game with myself when I drive along and spot as many things as I can that I can find some thank you in it. But just as Jesus was talking to his disciples and telling them not to worry, of course they were worried. And of course, the prophet was reminding the people in Israel that yes, there had been some bad things that had happened, but the Lord was going to bring it all back to them. Well, what are these things? These are the things that our enemy loves to use against us and to rip our focus away from creating art, artful thanksgiving, and instead have us shake our heads and wring our hands and worry. There are things like supply chain issues. There won't be cranberries. There won't be turkeys. There may not be enough gas so you can make that trip you want to make. Or if there is, you'll have to pay a lot of money. These are the things that take our focus away from the God who gives us everything. So when I come to church very often, I spend my time looking up and I look through that window Because surely when I'm looking through that window, I will see something that captures my attention, captures my imagination, and causes me to thank God. 
I use that as a focal point for my thankful art. There are many such places that we can train our minds to look. But the moment we start to focus on the beauty of God and what he has done and who he is, there will surely come the one, the evil one, who will do everything he can to distract us from thanking God. Now, why is that? Why is it when I have the best intentions to sit down and be grateful and to list up my thank yous that I get distracted and I start looking at something else? Terrible news stories this week. From a town my husband and I first lived in, Waukesha, Wisconsin. Terrible things happened there. What thanksgiving is there for those people who were involved in that? How can they find a way to give thanks to what happened to them? But there is. There is always something that can grab our attention that we can say, thank you, God, for that. So here's number one. The main hospital there in Waukesha, Wisconsin, is a big, beautiful hospital top of a high hill. And at the time that disaster happened, my sister was in that hospital struggling against pneumonia. I'm thankful for that hospital that has enough staff and enough knowledge, enough medical arts that they could be caring for my sister with her pneumonia at the same time caring for these terribly traumatized bodies that were coming in. And I thank you for those, I thank God for those who are in that community who came forward to lend their help. I thank God for those who are well-trained in that kind of situation so that they know what to do. I thank God that there are people who didn't worry about what might happen if they went out. Did you think that they even considered the fact that they would go to a parade and might be run over? No. It never entered their minds, probably. But there is an evil one who likes to frighten us away from every possibility of sharing God's love, sharing God's gift to us in Christmas. And so he'll do everything he can to keep us shut up at home worried and scared. That's his job, his work, and he does it very, very well. We have a huge industry of insurance in our nation and in other nations that are built on the idea that we can insure ourselves against pain and suffering and difficulties. And our enemy loves to go through and smash it all and say, mm -mm. So what was the joy? What was the beauty? What is the art in that man who did this terrible thing? God loves that man. God had a beautiful plan, has a beautiful plan for that man. God no doubt spoke to him at many times and said, Son, turn your heart, turn your heart. And Jesus no doubt tried to put his arms around him and say, Come to me with this. Let me help you with these struggles. Let me find a way through this problem. God is always there, always loving, always ready to wrap his arms around us and lead us back. And what is our response? Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. 
So what is it then that keeps us from moving forward in our creation of art? Well, there's another thing, and I think it's mentioned in Joel, the locus. And when I read about that, I got interested. I thought, I think I know something about locusts. What do I need to know? So I did what you all do. I Googled it so I could find out a little bit of something about locusts. Did you know that there's an outbreak of locusts right now in Africa? Did you know that there are locusts also in our country right now? They come out when there's a terrible drought. And what does a locust do? It goes through and it eats everything. Eats down to the last blade of grass so that there's no hope of something coming up again. Except, thank God, there is always hope. There is always that thing that God will do, that miracle that God will do that brings back rebirth and growth. And that's what he promises. He promises that there will be something happen and there will be a creative way out of this. And so there is. A few years ago, a woman named Ann Boskamp wrote a book, maybe you heard of it, called A Thousand Gifts. She was a person who struggled, she is a person who struggles with a lot of depression and difficulty, and she began the process of counting things to be grateful for. And in the process, she discovered a word, Eucharisteo. Maybe you've heard of it. It comes from our word Eucharist, which we're going to celebrate here very shortly. Eucharisteo is living the life of thanksgiving. It's being thankful in every circumstance, always being thankful. And one of the things that she listed that I thought was interesting was the rainbow that you see on an individual soap bubble. And how many soap bubbles are in the dishpan when you're in there washing your hands and being thankful for each one. Or thankful for that gorgeous full moon over a, over a, a newly picked cornfield. Or over a coming up wheat field. She lives in Saskatchewan. So of course farming is very much a part of what she does. And she goes on to a thousand gifts. And you can help when you read this book, but not start your own list. And of course I did, and, and I've done it a couple times now because I too want to count all the beautiful gifts that God gives me. Gives us. You are all gifts, and I'm coming to know you, and I'm coming to recognize your faces, and I'm thinking, God, they're gifts from you, aren't they? They're gifts for me, these people. And we're gifts for each other. And our worship together, our worship together is a work of art. Music is art. Poetry is art. The way we deal with one another can also be an art. In fact, most of the beautiful artwork in this world was created in response to what God has done. Christian art, religious art, beautiful, beautiful art. And so as I was thinking about this, I was sitting on our sofa at the late afternoon, that's the time we gather, 
and we have our time together, and our dog is usually between us. We thought it was just going to be the two of us on the love seat, but no, we have to make room for the Springer Spaniel, too, who's right in between, and she lays across my lap, and we sit there, and sometimes we have a cocktail, and we enjoy the afternoon, late afternoon. And I looked up at the bookcase, and just then the sun was coming through, and it was illuminating everything on the bookcase. And something caught my eye. What caught my eye, is it upside down? No. What caught my eye is this saw. You can see it's a painted saw. They were popular, I guess, about 20 years ago. People were painting on saws. The reason that it's so special to me is that there are many things depicted on this piece of art that have special significance to me. And so as I gazed at it in the bright sunlight, I began to think about those things. I won't illuminate those for you now or, or, or tell you about them now. What I want to tell you about is the person who painted it and gave it to me. He's my Uncle Melvin. He's a big, burly farmer, German. That means he's very gruff. And he happened to be my godfather as well. And I spent many weekends and days visiting at their farm. And when we would gather at the luncheon table, or we called it dinner there, we gathered at the dinner table, he'd read from scripture, and then very often we'd have a sermonette. He was that kind of man. But he was a good farmer, and that meant he also knew how to slaughter. In fact, my uncle became quite a killer. Whenever anyone in the whole family system had a pet or had an animal like a horse that they wanted put down, they called Uncle Melvin. And he took joy in it. You could see he enjoyed the killing. And that made some of the people in our family a little bit nervous. It seemed odd that someone who could preach the message at the luncheon table could also enjoy killing. But isn't that us? Even though we love scripture and even though we speak beautiful prayers, don't we go around murdering in our minds sometimes? Destroying things? Well, later on, they sold their farm and my Uncle Melvin moved to a little uh, house at the outskirts of a small city. And he started to watch birds, of all things. And he got to love those birds and feed those birds and talk about those birds and call them his chickies. And when you went there to see him, he'd have to point out his birds and tell you all about them. And one of the last visits that I had with him he showed me the art he was painting. And I was so surprised. And I commented on this one because it has scenes from around my home. At least they reminded me of scenes from my home. And I commented about how much I liked it. And when we left, he gave it to me. And I've had it all these years, and I bring it out at this time of the year, and I remember, and I thank God that somewhere through all those years of my uncle 
celebrating the Eucharist, kneeling at the holy place, taking in the body and blood of Christ, that it went into his heart and healed his heart and changed the last part of his life into beauty, into a work of art. I pray that for us. I pray that for you. Almighty God, we come together in your presence to give thanks for the great benefits that we have received at your hand and to declare our most holy praise to you, to hear your word, to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others, all those things necessary for our life and for our salvation. We draw near to your throne, nearer every day. Amen. Thank you.